Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 31. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. Nothing has changed. Lots of merch stuff is going on. People have been buying mugs and paper and totes. It's very exciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I'm still just like hardcore in merch land. I have nothing new to report. I'm working on a bunch of stuff though. So there should be some, some new announcements coming very soon. But today's guest is Monica Moore-Smith. Um, let me tell you a little bit about her. As a child, sports were Monica's main focus, but she auditioned for her first musical as a young teen and was quickly hooked, switching focus to acting, singing, dancing, and modeling. Monica attended Brigham Young University on a talent scholarship, majoring in music dance theater. In 2013, Monica started getting into film and is best known for her role as Julie Flinders in Saturday's Warrior. And Monica currently works as an actor, singer, dancer, and fitness model. Um, and I think she's got some cool stuff coming out uh, soon, like maybe later in this year or like early in 2020. So uh, without further ado, here's Monica. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by, well, no one, because today I'm using this segment to share the news that Artifice Podcast has merch. Our very own Artifice print is currently available in the form of gift wrapping paper in black and white, as well as holiday edition colors, 17 ounce tall latte mugs, PS, those are my favorite, they are so pretty, sticker sheets, and tote bags. If you haven't seen it yet, the print is 15 art objects to represent all of the art mediums we love. And I genuinely could not be more excited about it. Head to emvocals.com slash store to check it out and stay tuned for some sales and deals coming soon. I feel like every artist ever. I think a lot of people don't, but I think it's good that pe when people do. Do you like their like the sound of their voice? I or I love listening to themselves. Yeah, I th I I mean, I think I feel the same way about voices. Like I'm a singer, so I think about voices a lot. Oh, yeah, you probably like record yourself and or at least whenever I did voice lessons, it was like record yourself and listen. You have yeah. to, but it's true. You do. I mean, I th I think it's, it's kind of the it. same thing as like if you're a dancer, you have to like you have to like practice in front of a mirror oh yeah oh that's for that's so key i like I or cannot, if you're an actor probably too yeah right you, yeah. you need you need you need to, you need to watch yourself back and you go, need to be oh. thinking like oh this is what my face is doing but i feel the same way about voices as i feel about like you know if people are always like saying bad things about like their face or like their yeah. hair you're like dude like be nice to yourself yeah it's true and i feel the same way about voices and people are like i have the worst voice i'm like no, your voice Every, is beautiful. But the thing is, like, everyone thinks their voice is the worst. And it's like, it's just because you hear it differently when you talk. Yeah, and so it's just it's jarring. But, like, once you get used to it, it's like, oh, okay. That's my voice. That's yeah, it's like. echoing inside your head. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like, too, like, 
I mean, this is not important, but like with your with your speaking voice, there's like, do you like the sound of it? And then there's maybe like pronunciation things or like just things you say. True. Like sometimes I hear myself on a recording like say words that I'm like, why would I say that? <laughs> well, that is not <laughs> what I was such thinking. Such an annoying thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But it's good. You can you know call yourself out and stuff and <laughs> yeah. improve. It's just it's funny. Painful. Like, or you hear yourself say something that you're like. That was my dad. Uh, Oh, that's true. Oh my gosh. Why am I saying that? That's so true. That is funny. Okay. So for this podcast, we can really like dig in kind of like any, if there's any place Mm. that you're like, I don't have thoughts about this, but like, this is making me think of this other thing. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Free Um, range. mm -hmm, Yes. So I like to start with like the beginning. The things that I'm really interested in are just like, you know, kind of the backstory of like how you got doing what you're doing. Like, you know, What's the origin story? So, and then, you know, what's in the background of what you're doing now? So I like to start from the beginning. um, And I usually start by just asking people, what were you doing that was creative as a child? Like what was kind of the first like stuff you were doing? Like, so not like career necessarily, but just creative. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And some people say even things like, you know, I was always like just playing pretend. Uh So like, just where do you feel was kind of like the first kind of evidence of like your creative exploration as as a child. I mean, I was like, I was like, I play pretend, but it was usually like alone. I was like a closeted creative kid. Were you, would you, did you have siblings or? Yeah. So I had five siblings, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I was weird. So I homeschooled, but I did also go to school. And so I like hung out with people a lot, but I'd like, I guess my creative side and like singing if I ever did it. Cause like yeah. my sister was like outgoing. She was a singer. She was really creative. She was a ham. She was like the one making jokes and stuff. Yeah. And so like I saw that and I thought that was cool, but I was like way too embarrassed to ever do it in front of people. You so I like, shy. I would go yeah. into my garage and I was like, I don't know, five and eight or whatever. Yeah. And I'd go into my garage and I'd, like shut the car doors. I just go in the car and I'd sing. Yeah. But then I'd be like, walk in from the garage. And be like, oh, I just went to go get something from the freezer. Like nothing happened. Why were you shy about it? What do you think? Um, I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like you think about it. It's like, well, that was dumb. So your but like, siblings your little were kid, older, you know? or like, where are you? Where do you? I fall? had three older sisters and two younger brothers. Okay, so do do you think? I mean, were you like, were you like making sure you weren't like. I mean, did you feel kind of like it was your sister's thing? I mean, yeah, I feel like it was my sister's thing. I think, too, like the songs that I learned were the songs that she would sing around the house. And so you maybe felt a little like, yeah, I was like, she's so and like still to this day, like she's the reason I got into acting like she's I don't know, like all, you know, every now and then like hey, can you give me an acting lesson? Give me a vocal lesson. Like, mm. she's just so good. And she's such a great teacher, too. Wow, that's um, awesome. So for me, it was always like, well, I, I can't compete with that. So yeah. sports was my thing. So I was like, I can do that. I can go and compete with that. So in a way, I was performing, I guess, yeah. with like competition totally. and touring. And I, you know, would do, I don't know, it's weird, karate performances. Which yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know about that, but I mean, so that was my way. And so I felt like this is what I'm really good at. I was like the only girl I felt really confident. So in comparison, like to be like, I don't know, it was super competitive too. I was always yeah. like, if I'm going to play, sorry, the board game, like I'm going to win. Well, that's why I was wondering if like, if you, if that competitiveness is like, I need to keep this to myself while I'm figuring it out because I'm oh, not yeah. ready to like put it in front of people. See, that's funny. I didn't even think of it that way, but I think that's so true. I think that's how I am. It's still to this day something I'm working on of like just even with um, 
you know, my thoughts now being married, like trying to communicate things Mm -hmm. as opposed to I'm so used. I'm such an internal introspective person. Yeah. That like. It's like, oh, wait, I, I sometimes sit on things too long. And that's like, I want something how long, perfectionist. How long know? have you been married? I've been married a year and seven months almost now. So Andrew and I have been married like eight years. And like, <gasps> oh I gosh. really, ha- I like, I relate hardcore to that. Okay. So you, in <laughs> eight years, it's still well, like something you got to work on every day. Well, I think like we're better at it now. But yeah, like, I mean, for me, I think like, how old are you? I am 22. Just 22. So I, I got married when I was 23. So like, like a little bit older than mm-hmm. you, but, um, yeah, I, I was so independent. I was like such an independent Same. child. Um, and like, I don't know, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts about this, but I feel like I had like a really strange combination of being like this introverted, like thoughtful yeah. child, but then like, I love to perform. <laughs> See, it's a, it's this weird thing. That's almost like this love hate relationship of like, why do I love being alone, reading a book and like no one talked to me, but at the same time, like I want to be on stage in front of a bunch of people, yeah. but it's like terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was scary for you Absolutely. or if it was like, but I, but it was a like separate a high thing. also. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, but I think too, I think that's something that like I kind of learned was that like, it terrified me, but I find that usually the things that terrify us the most or the, the hardest are the most rewarding. Yeah. So even though like trying to explain to like my mom, cause she, you know, initially when I started, you know, getting into performing, it was like, you don't have to do this just cause your sister does. Like yeah. she hmm. wanted to make sure that I knew, like I didn't have to impress my parents. It wasn't yeah. like a, that's, Oh, that's I like great. this kid more cause of this. She was like, do what makes you happy. And I told her, I was like, this is after my first audition. Yeah. I was, I don't know, 10, I was bawling my eyes out cause I bombed it. And I like went in and cried, which is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, I was terrified. I was crying and bawling my eyes out. And she was thinking like, you don't need to put this pressure yeah. on yourself. Yeah. But I, but the first thing I said was mom, I, I love it I though. I do though. Yeah. But yeah. I love it. Yeah. It terrifies me, but I love it. I don't know why. Yeah, like, isn't that like perverse? I, I yeah. talk about that with my therapist sometimes. Like how did I get myself into a career <laughs> that is like, <laughs> like that's you think just be totally the opposite. based on like people's judgment and yeah, it's so like, but yeah, I mean, there like, you get those moments where you're like, oh yeah. For me, when I was like a little kid, I was, I was really shy. Um, but, but really creative. Mm -hmm. And my very first like performance experience was like, my parents signed me up for this like Broadway, like day camp in the summer. It was like a two week, you know, where you, you know, the drill, but I guess I'll say for like the listener, (laughs) you like, you know, you learn like you, you learn this like, you know, hour and a half show yeah, yeah, in like the two weeks. And then you like put on the show for your family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was so shy and I felt very like, deer in the headlights about it and I felt like I don't know like I mean the teachers would be like who wants to audition for this solo and I'd be like not me I don't know (laughs) I mean but I but then like I was so like (gasps) excited about like the singing and then I remember like being in the performance and just being like I love this this is amazing and then like every year I would go back I mean I did that summer I did that camp like Uh every summer for like probably like six years it's just like two-week camp and uh 
I just like every year I just got a little bit more like, I'll try the solo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like terrifying. But then when you get to it, it's like, oh, okay, that's why I did this. But I loved just like singing and like being on the stage and just being Uh like, this is so great. Um, But it's, it's yeah, it's a weird combination when you're, that's why I like to ask people because I've said this a million times on the podcast, but I've never said it to you. Um, I think that like when people look at those of us who as adults have chosen these professions, acting, music, art, filmmaking, you know, like whatever the things are, it's easy for people to look at us, you know, fully formed, not that we're fully Uh formed in our twenties or ever, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, people, it's easy. I think for people to look at you and be like, oh, well, you're just one of those talented people. You're just one of those people. And I know it's not true. You know, it's not true. Like we started these processes as little children and they have like, we have all these different stories. So I like to ask people like, what were the things that were hard and what drew you to it? And you know, blah, blah, blah. So when you're a little kid, you're like, you're sneaking off to the car to like practice your singing. And you think the shower is soundproof. It's not. Yeah, but it does sound nice in there, though. It's true. <laughs> Vocal cords, very moisturized. <laughs> and like the, the acoustics. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that. like this reverb. You're like, why do I sound <laughs> <Microphone>. amazing? <laughs> um, so how did you kind of... So you said you had your first audition at 10. So like, what's what's the... What's the connect? What are the connectors between like being like sneaking off to the car and being like, I'm going to audition? I mean, even like still then, like even when I started auditioning for things, I would still like practice in private and like pretend like and it'd be like I'd show up with my lines memorized. My mom would be so confused because she's like, when did you practice? It'd be like (laughs) secret. I teach a a lot of kids and I have some students that are totally like that. Where like at the recital, their moms will come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. (laughs) Where did this come from? (laughs) Well, and that's so I guess it started. I was doing like I was doing kind of every sport all growing up. That was my thing. I was like the aggressive tomboy I mean wasn't like intentionally trying to be a tomboy I just like didn't shower and I don't know not that every tomboy doesn't shower I just like I wore the same shirt every day it was this shirt from Hogle Zoo and like I'd put my hair up in a bun and I would never brush it and like that was my thing that I was like the aggressive sports kid and like I could I don't know beat you in soccer that was like I don't know and so my plan was like to own a dojo and be a karate instructor that was my goal Um, and I got pretty far with that, but then like there was like a talent show that came up. I don't know if I was like eight when I first did it. There was a talent show that came. I think it was just for, I don't know, like church or something. And yeah, you know, my, everyone in my family was entering and my parents are very encouraging of like us trying new things. They weren't like, you need to do this or this, or if you do this, we'll be disappointed. Really their thing was like, you should try all the different yeah. things. And so that way, you know what you like and what you're yeah. good at. And so that was one of the things is like, you know, try crochet, try this. And then talent show, like everyone needs to try the talent yeah. show just once. That's awesome. Um, and then I was also bribed with ice cream. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Worst case scenario, sugar. I'm embarrassed at the talent show. And then I get, but ice, I get cream. ice cream. Yeah. That's the bandaid. <laughs> so I did it. And like, I sang this song, L-O-V-E. And I was just like this little eight year old. And, like, I went up and, like, I guess my voice was really loud and I, like, could do vibrato. So I guess that was impressive to people. And so it was weird for me because it was, like, there was a reaction. And I'd always, like, doing it in private. But then, like, doing it in front of people was, like, oh, like, people enjoy this. Yeah. Like, you know, like, people, I guess, pay money to do these things, you know. So 
that I guess that kind of like felt good that like I made people smile and yeah. like people had a good night because of something I contributed to. So it it was kind of like this. Yeah. Like, okay, I can keep this thing to myself. Yeah. And I feel good. But then it's like, what good does that do? It's totally what it was for me too. Like I fully relate to that. Of Just yeah. like hearing people like laughing and clapping, especially like this little camp that I did. It was, we did it like at a high school somewhere. So like it was a, it was like a legit stage with like, you know, the lights the that are so setup. bright that you can't see the people. <laughs> and there was something about like not being able to see anybody, but just like hearing hearing yeah. these like they're joyful there, sounds and like hearing clapping it just felt so magical to me like there are these people out there that I can't even see but they can see me and us and like they're so happy well and you're connecting with like all these people simultaneously it's like yeah. that's such like as a kid such a crazy thing of like we're all here in the same room experiencing the same totally. thing at the same time because like you know, so-and-so decided to go up on stage and share a talent. Like, yeah. whoa, that's powerful. Well, and I think if you are kind of shy, but like you love that, like connect, you like love that kind of feeling yeah. of like sharing and connecting stage performing is actually like such a great way to get it because it's not actually interactive. Like yeah. you, you're not standing right in front of someone. Like I, like I think for me, that piece of like not being able to see them was like, it was like the, the click of like, Oh, oh, I can get this. like we can have this like amazing like we're ha we're experiencing a thing together, but like I don't have to like look right in your eye and like shake your hand because yeah. I'm like too shy for that. Well, and that that's like I was the same way. It's like that people will be confused like just for me going to like even when I did my first play, which actually it was the audition that I was crying about, which I don't know why I got in. It was a community theater and I think they were desperate. They needed and children. <laughs> really though. And so they like added like two lines that weren't even in the play so they could like put me in it, which I was like, oh. oh. But um, but like, I think, um, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, um, they were gonna, they were, you, you liked, you were too shy to. Oh something. yeah. Like even just to like ask the director a simple question yeah. terrified me. I yeah. just sit there and like, I would get the clammiest hands cause I was so nervous yeah. and I couldn't even go up and That's ask her so a cute. dang question. Yeah. But like I could like go up and like stand in front of all these. I mean, it was still terrifying. You could sing loud and you could dance and you yeah. could smile. Yeah. It's and so I, weird. I think it's like, uh, I think, it's when people, ask, I feel like a lot of people ask like, oh, how do you do that in front of all these people? How do you, you know, if you're vulnerable and like, you know, how do you make it personal and real and with all these people? And yeah. like, really, it's just like, it's a camera it's, it's, or feel, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really less, it's a way of having connection and being vulnerable almost kind of, I mean, there's always this joke in acting class that like acting class ends up being therapy because yeah. it's like, it's a way of, you know, being vulnerable and connecting with, you know, the audience, mm -hmm. but they're, they're, it's not like it's a not real, yours. Yeah. yeah, it's not totally. like, you know, when you have a fight with a friend and there's like, you, you know, that's a real thing that's lasting. Right. It's like, if you go up totally. on stage and you mess up, it's like, well, it was acting. Right. It you step in, you step out. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you get to step in and like experience all these like big like deep emotions mm -hmm. and then when you step out of it you're like you know neutral it's, yeah it's yeah. it's like it it stays there yeah and so you get to I think I think it helped me a lot like learn to be 
you know, in a safer way. Like it was a starting point for me to learn to be vulnerable in Mm -hmm. real life Mm -hmm. of like, okay, like nothing really happens. Like if you mess up or whatever, it's like, oh, it's okay. The world didn't like the world kept going and things are fine. Totally. And for me, like being vulnerable in real life with people is like the hardest thing. And still for me, I always want to be like the strong, tough one that doesn't have feelings. You yeah, know, and actually, so I think let's talk about this because I, the, okay, so the podcast is called Artifice because like I have this, I have this theory that like all of us that are professional artists, the things that we do are so like bold, you yeah. know, I, I, and I don't necessarily mean like they would be perceived as bold. I just mean like they're freaky vulnerable and they're yeah. like, you know, it's a bold choice to be like, I'm going to have a profession as a painter or like, yeah. I'm going to be a comedian. Um, and I think like most of us are so just like soft, like we're just like, and so I, I think about like this idea of like, where, where's the kind of like art artifice between like the thing that you're putting out and the thing you're doing and like the person that you are. Uh-huh. And I think it's all kinds of different balances, but I like to talk about like our identity and like, yeah, yeah. So I love this idea of like, I mean, I'm, I'm loving this like picture of you being this little kid that's like doing karate and you're like, I'm going to have a dojo and like, I'm like totally tough <laughs> and like, I'm going to, I'm going to like beat you and like, I'm going to beat you in this, like whatever sports you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're also like, but I'm so shy and like, I can't talk to the director and like, yeah. and I'm, and I just want to like connect with people. And, and I'm just curious, like, can you like reflect on, you know, like, how as a child were you thinking about like these, you know, different parts of yourself or do you feel like one or some of them were like a defense mechanism Uh or they're both totally you, but you don't know how to integrate them or like, what was it? What, what did it feel like to you? Um, I mean, I don't like, I was an introspective kid, but of course like getting older now, you know, like trying to go back to as a child when also, you know, things that like were of worry to me were also like how many cookies I got, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, at the same time, like I was introspective, but I was also like a little kid. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how deep that went, but I mean, I don't know. And it's still like a journey for me. I think really like for me, um, what I loved, I don't know about acting, I think is cause I was so, you know, I was in this world of sports where everything was competitive and like, you know, we have, we go into the dojo and it's like, you have these creeds you memorize Mm, of like how you're supposed to act and like being strong and protecting people. And like, you can't let, you know, your emotions get in the way. Like if someone's going to beat you Mm. up, you, you can't sit there and cry. You're going to get killed. Yeah. Like, um, so for me, you know, and I think there's good things to that, but I think, you know, for me, I just wanted to like, whatever I did, I wanted to do my best at it. And in the environment I was in, like, that's that worked, you yeah. know, closing off and like sure being yeah. a stone. But then being in acting, it was like, crap, like, yeah, in order to do my best and give 100 yeah. percent, which being a perfectionist, I had yeah. to do like, like I crack open had to soften up and yeah. I had to be OK with sharing emotions yeah. and being, you know, even though it, even like in pretend circumstances, that's still like was intimidating to me because I couldn't even do that in real life. So I think for me, it was like, okay, like I, I can see that 
it's okay to be vulnerable and open up because I can't do my job, which, you know, in my mind was like, okay, rehearsing and doing this play and moving the audience. Like I can't be effective and I can't give a hundred percent unless I'm vulnerable. And I think that was kind of like a switch in my mind of like, Oh, there's really beauty in emotional vulnerability and so it's those, not just this weakness that I saw it as. Yeah. So those things are like maybe two sides of the same coin. Like you can step into like either thing. Yeah. I don't know if that answered the like question a, at all. <laughs> I mean, I just like to ask because I'm just curious. Yeah. I like, yeah. I just, and I think like you said before, like what, what was it that you said? Like, you know, it's like a constant, like yeah, you're still always. figuring it out, which I think is like, of On course you are, which is why I like to just think about like, where did this begin? Like, where's yeah, the evidence of this? And like, cause I do think that's interesting that you're like, look, I can, I can step into this place where it's like these rules and like, uh-huh. you know, it's this like, shut off your emotions, like execute your thing. And then you can also be like kind of curious about, which maybe it just speaks to like, you know, you're willing to kind of step into like whatever is required of you, which yeah. probably like is what makes you a good actor. But I, I think also that made me think of like two that I've seen as I've gotten older that it's that, I mean, obviously I think this is more of a narrative now that like vulnerability is not a weakness. Yeah. That's kind of something. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, I love her. Um, but I think too, that's kind of made me see other disciplines in a different aspect that it's not, you don't have to shut off Mm -hmm. emotionally in order to like, be strong, even in karate, even in self-defense, even in whatever sport, that it's really just a matter of like being in control of yourself. Yeah. And being in control doesn't mean not being vulnerable. It just means like a matter of, you know, being able to react to things positively, you know, when like it would be better suited for you and other people to do so. And like to be vulnerable when it, when it's beneficial to be vulnerable, like in my marriage, that's the, like, it's key to be vulnerable, but it's also other times like, uh, you know, if there's a stranger on the street, I don't want to be vulnerable with them because I haven't built that trust with them. So that would be a time that it would be more, you know, a different emotion of more like if someone's going to mug me, it's not that I'm emotionless, but it's a different emotion. I control that in that moment, maybe anger would be better suited. Yeah. And it's more just control as opposed to. Or thinking, yeah. Or thinking like, what does this situation require of me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I mean, I have, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just have one more question about that. Please do. At that point in time, did you feel like one or the other felt more you? Uh, that, yeah, see, that was like weird because I had, I kind of, I did that first play, um, the one I cried in the audition for and I loved it, but I was still so engulfed in, engulfed, um, yeah, into sports and I was doing just a myriad of sports and that was taking up all my time. And so for me, that's like, I had put all this time and effort yeah. and work into, but I was feeling like even though I still, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to stick with sports. Like, you know, that was fun and maybe do that randomly. But it's like, I already put in all this effort into this and this was my plan. Yeah. And uh, for a little bit, I kind of got stuck on like, I'm doing this. This was my plan. Yeah. I'm not going to waste all this time. But I started feeling kind of a waning of like, it's not, yeah, it's not my passion anymore. Yeah. And I think that's also something too, I've learned that like, you know, you know, right now I say like, I want to be an actor till the day I day, like 
day I die, like Maggie Smith, you know, um, if you watch Downton Abbey, she's like this old lady who's still just rocking it. She's amazing. And, (laughs) but then, you know, I also have to, I've kind of learned that like, I don't know the future and maybe my passions will change. Mm -hmm. And like the important thing is like whatever gifts I've been given or whatever happens, like as long as I'm, you know, the most important thing is like using what I'm passionate about for good. And so if I lose a passion for something, I shouldn't just hold on to it at my own detriment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like when you try to put a narrative on like your child self, like, yeah. you know, it's not like you're probably like at least part of it is like you're a kid and you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I could be an astronaut. Who <laughs> sure. Cares? Like, yeah, whatever. But I do kind of like to think, I could do think the narratives that we put on our young selves, like are telling. Oh yeah. So I sometimes like to ask, and I think that's interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, my identity was like, I do sports and then it was like, oh, maybe. And like the fact that you're still kind of thinking like. I'm open. Like it could, yeah. it could change. I, I don't know. I like it. Um, Thank you. Okay. So can you just tell me like, give me maybe like some bullet points of like how you started to get like more kind of serious about acting. Like, so maybe like up until the point where you kind of start thinking like, maybe this could be my career. Um, I mean, initially I, once I kind of got to the point where it was actually kind of this, uh, my family ended up moving and it wasn't too, it was just still in Utah. It wasn't, or this wasn't Florida, Utah. Yeah. Um, it was just to a different area of Utah, but that would mean I had to switch all of the sports I was doing, mm-hmm. like switching a dojo and picking a new soccer team, a new softball team. And, and um, that was like, I think just right before junior high, high school. And that was kind of when I was feeling this feeling of like, I'm just not passionate about it anymore like I'm feeling this pull towards acting but I'm kind of pushing that away yeah and your identity was like wrapped up in these you had these commitments you had teams and I was very like I was a very driven organized like yeah I don't know it was a little crazy I was a little intense as a kid I like I mean I think when again I teach I teach a lot and oh that's awesome when I see children that are in any variety I just think like I can't wait to see what you what you it's will so be. interesting it's never what you think it is though. I know that's why like when you're saying like I wore this Hogle Zoo shirt every day and I didn't comb my hair and like you're oh. so beautiful and clearly like stylish and put like together that. and I just think like what what happened I, yeah, I don't I what had I literally there? made an oath to myself that I would never wear makeup and I told my whole family I was like make stupid I'm never I was so adamant against it and now I'm like I have like the most ridiculous makeup collection like you just you have to be open because you never know well that's why like I'm curious about it because I think like I wonder if like that same thing that like you know, it's that same kind of like little thing in your little self that's like, I'm not going to wear makeup mm-hmm. that like, so, like, it's like the same thing, like the rules kind of switch in it. Yeah. And then it like, so when I see like a little child that's like, you know, a lot in some kind of way or like very not a lot. Yeah. Well, I it's like there's something like, behind going on with you. It's never yeah. that there's nothing. It's just, it's just hidden. They're it's just figuring somewhere. out what they're, what the rules are. And yeah. You know. Um, and some, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's so interesting. So you were like, you were really intense in all of your teams. You were mm-hmm. committed to that stuff. Oh, sorry, I forgot and the then, question. No, that's so okay. I I, no, I told, I did that. That was my fault. I mean, that was, both, that, both I, I did that. So, um, so yeah, like you're, you're, you're like committed to your teams and then moving is like an opportunity for you to like re. Yeah. It was kind of like, 
especially because I moved and with karate, ev- even if you're in one discipline, I was in Kempo. Uh, if you go to a different dojo, every dojo is going to be slightly different. And some of them kind of make you start over a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of when I, I went to a couple of classes and I was like, okay, you can come here, but you're going to have to go way back Yeah, and like start over. And you can't just like test into the level you're already in. It's like, yeah, we want to train you our way. Yeah. And for me, that was like, oh, yeah, like to have to go back and like get back to where I was when I already pretty much yeah. couldn't get any further. It was like, well, I mean, in yeah, belt sure. level wise. Yeah. But it was like ah, that that was really discouraging. And I already wasn't feeling passionate about. It. So then that was kind of like, well, and then there was this high school, this performing arts high school that just happened to open up like that school year. Cool. And it was a brand new thing and it was close to where we lived. And I was like, well, and my mom had heard about it and it was like this charter school. And I'd I'd always homeschooled, but I also took classes at school or private school, you know, just did a mix of online slash textbook, whatever. And so for me, it was kind of like, well, I could try it. And if I don't like it, like, you know, I always have like a fallback and I can just drop out. It doesn't matter. And so I was like, I went to the meeting. Of course, it was weird because there's all these parents there. And I'm yeah. like going Hello. to like this meeting for the I'm school. I'm 13. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought it was so cool. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'll just try it. Why not? Yeah. Like, and my parents are very encouraging of just like, just try it. If you don't like it, then no harm, no foul. So I decided to go to high school to this performing arts charter school. And, you know, I was still kind of debating like do I start up things again I don't know so I'll try this and see how it goes and then I loved it and it was like in my mind it was like well I love this like so much that I will spend all day doing it so and then it was easy to like let go of the sports thing and go you know what I'm glad of what I learned from that and I worked hard at it and yeah you know maybe it'll come in handy but like I love this. Yeah. And I didn't quite know why at the time. Yeah. But I just found a passion for it. And people, you know, of course, when people say things of like, oh, you're good. Why aren't you in this? And it's like, well, maybe I should try it out. Yeah. So, you know, at first it's kind of like, you know, I I didn't really have like a deep ingrained purpose of why at the time. It was kind of figuring it out. But yeah. But it was in musical theater. It wasn't in film, which now, again, I've switched over of like my dream was New York yeah. and Broadway. Yeah. And it's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that and that. Um, so I got so first sports and then high school transferred me over into musical theater. Okay. And I was like, I was how, going how to school for that. How old were you when um, you went to that performing arts school? I think it was 14. Like 14. Um, how was it like, did you... Did you start off kind of thinking like, like, you know, first day of school where you like, I got this, I belong here. This is going to be great. Or were you kind of feeling like, "Mm, am I going to find like my people here? Am I going to fit in? Like, were you, how, how was your experience in terms of like, um, I've been kind of obsessed recently with this idea of like, I mean, as a teacher, I'm kind of always thinking about this stuff with with kids and with teenagers, but I've been thinking a lot this summer about like this idea of like, at what point do young people start to feel kind of like ownership over their art mm. and start to feel like this is something that I do. This is something I can do. And yeah. it doesn't mean I'm the best at it. It doesn't mean I'm not learning, but like, this is mine. And like, 
I des I deserve to participate in it and like I have a voice, I have something to say. Um, I find that that's such like a critical and some kids like they just kind of have it. Yeah, they just kind of like know. just from like the tiniest age, they're like, These are my drawings, you know, like yeah, this is it's true. Look what I made. Um, and then some kids are like they're, it's almost like they think of it like they're doing assignments like you know it's like fulfilling something yeah it's something like I'm executing a thing but like obedience. I'm not creating a thing you know yeah. like there's maybe some difference between like having a creative doing will something for somebody else maybe yeah versus like you know some authority figure like gives me a task mm -hmm. and like I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it well and there even are kids who like are so like you know quote unquote talented yeah but like they are not at all having that like creative ownership yeah. so I'm, I'm curious like you know when you're kind of very first like dipping your toe into this world like how are you experiencing that sort of a, a, a piece um well I mean first initially going I was kind of worried. I was like, are these going to be a bunch of stuck up performers? Which especially after like, being homeschooled, which like, I know you say you did some classes, but yeah, like, yeah. going from being homeschooled to like being in like a musical theater school. Yeah. I feel like that could be ter like terrifying. Yeah. And that's what I'm like, I didn't really know what to expect. Plus it was a new school. So no one could say, oh, this is oh, people didn't how the know school experience is. Yeah. Um, so everyone's kind of taking a leap of faith that like, Hopefully yeah. this turns out Everyone's well. new, so you can kind of... Yeah, but that, I think that was kind of helpful for me that it was like all of us were kind of like, what's going on? Who's yeah. here? What's it like? Kind of everyone scoping it out. So I think that actually ended up being a really good thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I, went, in, I went to junior high too. And like, um, I, I really, I think the biggest difference going to junior high versus like this it was actually a really positive experience because I went to junior high and it's kind of like all the cliques are established mm. and there's kind of a way of doing things. Yeah. And my whole thing was like, this is stupid. And I would just be the one that was like trying to like mix everything up yeah. and like, you're going to sit by this person at lunch. And I would, I, I guess I was the kind of person that like very much with, systems and rigid systems or mm. when people feel like you have a problem with authority me too yeah. same hardcore <laughs> and I, then I think that partly a lot of that comes from being homeschooled and like you know like if building that trust with my parents to be like okay I'm gonna coordinate my schedule and according to get these things done and if I don't of course privileges are revoked but like we're gonna mesh it to my learning needs and what I want or and what I what outcomes we want you know, like thoughtful process. But then when I'd go to school and this isn't every school, but this is just a lot of my friends. It was like, we go to class and get the assignments done. You're supposed to. Yeah. And like, for me, that was like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, it just felt like your kind of individuality was just like not taken into account at all. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, it's like the whole time was like, I was trying to be like, wake up, you guys. Like yeah. why are, and if a teacher wasn't there, we'd watch like despicable, despicable me. And I was like, I and in my mind I was like even though I was young I felt like okay uh, there's a million other things that I could do with my time that yes. would be more useful yeah and and you know part of that just comes from me being someone who like has to be doing something I'm like which that too can go too far of course um but for me going to Pioneer which was the charter school I went to like was actually you know I had some trepidation but it was like because it was new it was like 
we can shape this however we want. Mm -hmm. Like we can make this completely different, this new thing. We don't have clicks and like we decide. That's totally that ownership I'm talking about. Like feeling like this is my school. Like this is my thing. Like, and then not, and that doesn't at all of course mean that you're not like open to all kinds of help and open to collaboration. It is a teamwork. Yeah. But like, I think too, I think people, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I get lots of messages from girls on Instagram kind of, of like, you know, this is the situation that I'm in and this is how school is and this is how after school programs are and this is how my sports team is and I don't fit in. And like for me, it's kind of like everyone kind of has to take ownership over their individuality yeah. in order to, as a collective, make something good. I, I fully agree. I, yeah, I feel that way too. Where, where do you, I think that is like a fairly confident outlook, stance. Yeah, was, <laughs> where, where do you think that like came from? Did, did you feel like it was something that you like developed or do you feel like it was just like, this is just, this is how I came? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I, for me to be like, oh, I was just gifted with all these things. Cause I feel like my parents yeah. definitely I mean, they raised me. Like, they supported. And they, it I sounds don't like think they were I very would. supportive. Oh, yeah. They're very supportive, but they're very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, regardless of whether I agree with them on everything or not, like raising me and also being homeschooled in general every day, it was like, why are you homeschooled? Why do you do this? Why do you do this? And so I'd always have to play mm-hmm. devil's advocate, advocate with myself of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I doing X? Why am I wearing this? And Mm. it became a thing of like, just any decisions I made, I had to think about it just because it put me in that habit. Yeah. And so like, if I'm going to do something, I want to make sure I'm doing it because I really want to do it. And I thought it out and I know the consequences. That's so interesting. I feel like I did that as a child too, but like, I feel like I'm like a lot of the things you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're probably very similar children. (laughs) But I think like for me, like, um, my I grew up in like kind of an abusive environment. My mm. mom was like a narcissist and um, she was really unsupportive of me and she never said anything nice to me. And I think for me, cause like you're saying your mom was like, sounds great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you said like, you know, people were always asking me like, why are you, why are you homeschooled? And you were always having to think like, why am I? I think my version of like that exact same thing is mm-hmm. like my mom would she was always mad at me and I would always be thinking like, like <laughs> yeah, seriously though. I mean, I was always like, what did I do? Like, mm. could there, so I also was, was like, the same thing, but on a more negative spin. Yeah. But I think it's like the same result, which is so interesting. Yeah. That's why when you said that, I was like, that's so weird. That's so interesting. Cause it's, but so that makes me wonder, like, I think about this a lot too. Like, you know, when I'm talking with people about the origins of creativity, I don't know. I'm so fascinated by it because it's obviously like there's a nature and a nurture to yeah. it. Plus I think everyone's creative. It's just a matter of like what kind and like How? where. Yeah. Um, but I think, I do think there are some, some of that like, you know, individual streak and some of that like kind of, well, just because you're an authority figure, like it doesn't make you right. And like, yeah. you know, kind of questioning, like, why are we doing things? Is there a reason we're doing things this way? Can we make it better? Sometimes I think that is like a personality type, like not yeah. like a type, but like a trait. Yeah. Like, I, sometimes oh, totally. I think that's just a thing that like 
it's just in, it's you just have it. It's like genetic. Like, yeah, you've just got like this thing that's just like you're kind of like, mm, is this the way we have to do things? Yeah, you know? <laughs> like yeah, and I and I, I think too like having both of my parents. Like my dad was kind of the more like perfect child, and my mom was like the rebellious child. And so you've got the like questioning authority, mm. but then rule the really following. obedient one. Yeah, I also like to follow rules. Yeah. <laughs> if they're good ones. But you know, yeah, true. <laughs> but like, I think it was a great mix when it came to them getting married and parenting because yeah. I think they both kind of got the best of both yeah. worlds when they it came to balanced. teaching us. Cause like you got the questioning authority, but there's, there's also times with me now, like, being married of like, okay, being vulnerable is good and sharing feelings is good. And like, <laughs> also like, y- you know, there's an extent to where questioning authority yeah. goes too far or becomes too pessimistic that it's like, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. That's like, just because one thing isn't perfect doesn't mean we'll throw it all away. Cause it's like, unless you have a better system, yeah. like you gotta or, also be patient. I think that just like that questioning is like, some people just do not do that. Yeah, it's and it's for true. me, it's Some like just, I don't know how to. People sometimes will say to me like, "Just don't think about it," and I'm like, "You don't understand. Don't, I'm like, this, I will. it's just going to happen. <laughs> like, like I cannot talk about it, but it's still going on in my head. It's like, not a thing that I'm like choosing to think about. This is just like how my brain works. Yeah. Um, yeah. How? So when you're you're in high school and like you're you're starting to do like well at this performing arts high school and you feel like you belong and you feel like you're involved. Um, how did you? Did you have any like ex- experiences like negative or positive with how you started to see, mm, how do I want to ask this? Like, like how you see yourself and how you conceptualize yourself and how you kind of get clues about how other people see you. And like, did that affect uh, you at all? Um, Does that make sense? Of, I like, think, yeah, I think more like my junior high experience was, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was just the school or something, but like I'd never had like, positive you know like body positivity or confidence issues but when I went to junior high mm. all of a sudden it was like Pfft. junior high is and so then rough. I was like googling like plastic surgery like oh, you no. know which was like in You're my like mind 12. now it's like I know That's so but sad. I never I never had that problem all of a sudden it was like what is going on what's happening and that was kind of like I mean I'm really glad I went because it was kind of less learning process of like okay now I know what I don't want to do I don't want to stare in a mirror and pick yeah. things apart and I think going to the performing arts high school like the beauty of musical theater is that it's like there's a role for everybody yeah. right there's yeah. like you want a variety you, can you don't be just like want very awkward person. or you could be a princess and, and yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like and it works to your advantage that like Oh, me being like, I don't know, a little uh, like quirky or dressing a little odd or whatever, just things that I did because, you know, certain clothes I was drawn to. Like, I love vintage and I just was. And yeah, I just, you know, because I also loved history. So there was a tie in with that. And like, instead of it being this, oh, you're different, it was like, yeah oh, here's a role for you. Awesome. Like right, we need yeah. this. We need a variety. We need the chorus. We need all the different roles. We need the quirky side character. And then it was like, oh man, like life would be really boring if, if we're people, all, yeah, totally. If people didn't follow, you know, their inclination towards certain things. And like when it's stuff like clothing and like quirkiness, like there's, you know, there's no bad in that. Totally. You know what I mean? So. Well, I think like I'm, I'm wondering about it because, uh, the, and this is just so like, 
this is just the intersection of like this experience that we're having yeah. talking to each other and like something that happened in my life yesterday. But like Ooh. when you told the story of um, seeing singing L-O-V-E at the talent oh show and you were like loud um, and like it made people happy. I feel like just as often when like a little girl is really loud, people are like, oh, sweetheart, this is so embarrassing. You need to be quiet. Uh-huh. This is obnoxious. Um, and we'll tell like that same little girl who was like, shy and like just wants to make people happy like you're too much um Mm -hmm. and so I just I just like had a student who just did this performance that I was so proud of her and she was like so like she also just like this sweet sweet shy child yeah who like just kind of stepped up and did this like amazing like big performance because I her teacher was like more you can do more you can do more but like I'm knowing the backstory and I'm knowing how hard it was for her to like get to that point and then one of my other students just like casually I mean no one knows like she just said it to me but one of my other students was like wow that little girl was like a lot and it just made me like it broke my heart it just made me think like oh that's so unfair that like someone would misread this child in this way and I do think about this kind of thing a lot like again because as artists this stuff that we do is kind of bold and I think that there are people who will kind of see you being like bright and shiny and yeah independent and you know big or whatever and be like "Mm, no I don't like that I don't think this is what you should be doing um and I think especially like as women I think we I, this is just my experience. Maybe I'm 31. So maybe I just have had a little bit more of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I'm in a meaner field than you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I feel like we all get some of that. And so I'm wondering, like, you know, I like to ask people sometimes like where, where, with that kind of stuff of like, oh, that's interesting. You see me this way. Like, I don't feel like I'm this way. Yeah. Like, were you getting any of that? Um, I mean... I don't feel like uh, specifically in regards to, I guess my kind of thing, like being in sports, like I was always the only girl for the majority. Well, not soccer, but specifically karate. Yeah. And every now and then we'd have a girl join and then she'd end up quitting within like a week. Yeah. And like, I kind of, you know, I think I kind of gotten this mode of like, you know, the guys were being tough and the guys were being aggressive and they got rewarded for that. So I kind of just like went with that. And if, you know, like with the guys, like if someone tried to tell them otherwise, it was like, get out of my face. Yeah. Um, and so I think I come from the more, I guess, aggressive side of like, you know, don't project your stuff on me or that it's like, yeah, it's, it does. It's irrelevant to me. Like I can, yeah, I can, I think it's good to be considerate of others, but sure. I think you have to realize, I think from, or, um, I think I, I got the benefit in that way of having that growing yeah. up. Um, but I definitely feel like it would be really hard had I not. Mm. Um, but I think, I think it was kind of a matter of like being in this performing arts school and, seeing when people would hold back and like, um, I love this quote by who is it that like, don't, um, it's like, don't hide your light or your brilliance because, Oh dang it. I can't remember what it is. It's a quote I use all the time. It's this really long 
kind of poem. I wish I could help um, you. I don't know it. <laughs> um, about, you know, not diminishing your light for others. And that, yeah. and, and like, oh, oh, it's like you're doing, you're not doing anyone a service yeah. by hiding your own light. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's like, if someone's telling me to not share a talent, yeah. like that's not coming from a good yeah. place. Of course. Like I, even though like sometimes it, it sucks to hear that or someone, you know, usually, I mean, this is like the stereotypical thing to say, but like usually it is out of insecurity of someone yeah. else saying like they're doing something else that I want yeah. to do and being mm. bold and yes. I mean, don't you think people do that to artists sometimes? Oh yeah. yeah. All the time. And yeah. like, I think everyone also does it to other artists and we all have it done to us and it's yeah. like, oh, well this sucks. But I think we've all also, you well, know, just I like, I think like the opposite, like, cause this thing, this like phenomenon that I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just interested in it. Cause mm-hmm. I see it like so much and I'm always like, why does this happen? Um, I think it it's two things like it could be that it could be that where someone's like criticizing you for like being too big or like, uh-huh. you know, that that was kind of the scenario that I was thinking about yesterday. But I think it also happens the other way where like someone sees you being good at something and they're like, I wish I could be good at that. Like, it just seems easy for you, you know, uh-huh. and they're kind of like projecting like something positive that you're like, no, I'm just nor I'm normal. I just have been doing this longer. Like, yeah, you know, but I, I think like the reason why I'm asking you is cause you know, you, you, it's you, we've kind of had this theme. I feel like in this conversation of like, I'm doing this, but then I'm doing this totally other thing. And then yeah, like, I'm never going to wear makeup, seemingly. but then like, I love makeup and, yeah. and I can see someone like seeing you at either space, like in either kind of time and being like, Oh, I, I get what you are. Like, I see yeah. what your deal is yeah. and you know, kind of being like, Hmm. No, you know, or like, I don't know. I just think these questions of identity are interesting to me. Like there's the identity of like who I am, who I think I am. And then like, you know, if you have a scenario where like pretty frequently you're kind of being like, oh, I get that that's not how other people see me. Even if yeah. they see you like really positively, um, I don't know, just like how do we as humans like. Like how I interpret how other people see me or. Or just like you know, how does it affect you? But if it, do, I mean, if I'm just asking yeah, if yeah. there's something, cause I can imagine that you like run into some of that because you have all these like multifaceted things. Yeah. But um, if there's not, then that's also, well, I think fine. I guess what I've always loved, what my mom will say, like if there's, if there was ever a situation where one of us kids would go, Oh, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I could play piano or I wish, and she'd be like, well, have you taken lessons? Yeah. Like, did you Google it? Did you try and figure out how to do it? And mm. be like, no. Yeah. It's like, well, like, don't complain about it unless yeah. like, so I think sometimes too, it's like, like one of those things is when we're feeling those feelings is like, well, I could, it's just a matter of like totally. putting the effort in. And then you realize most people, like some people like are innately gifted with certain things yeah. but even then there's always room Practice, to work on stuff work. yeah so I think this thing of like oh I wish I could be this either either you haven't put in the work and it's like you know it's like I like wish I could play piano and I had piano lessons but I didn't like I wasn't passionate yeah. about it and then I lost all of my piano playing but like that's my own fault but there's also yeah. comparing where it's like 
um, which is a different thing of just comparing when it is something you're working towards, like, man, like Meryl Streep, or I was even just like mm-hmm. listening to an interview with Amy Adams, like, she's amazing. Yeah. And like, man, that'd be so cool to be her. But then by doing that, like you're spending time focusing yeah. on something else that's not you. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing that's not you because we don't need yeah. replica replicas of Amy Adams, of other people. Like we need replica like we need we need each like individual the next person. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. No, I think you're totally right. And I also think like you know, in that same, in that same, I talk about this with my students too, because like, you know, they're looking at like pop singers and they're thinking mm-hmm. like, how can I deserve to do anything when like Adele is in the world? Yeah. Um, and I always just think like, oh, but think about how like kind of like unkind it is for you to like not consider like all the times that Adele felt like. Oh Am yeah. I, like it's so like, it's not that compassionate to like look at her like fully formed and, and be like, and think that, oh, that and assume she never felt like how you feel. Yeah. 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 I, and that's the thing is like, unless, I don't know, unless you're like Ted Bundy and like crazy, <laughs> like everyone, everyone feels inadequate at totally. times and everyone has failures and at like, so to assume that because someone else has reached a certain level of success that like, that it was easy that, yeah, that yeah. it's like, it, it's almost this. You can only reach success if you are perfect. Yeah. And because I'm not, because I have failures, I can't. And it's like, well, you just haven't seen all the times that all these famous actors have went into auditions and completely bombed them. Well, and probably like even some of the things that they're great at, they're great at because they like struggled through things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I think like some of those, I don't know, like our professions are hard and I like us to talk about like how we deal with that stuff. It's hard. So what I'm hearing you say is like, you have a growth mindset. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you, you can see like, yeah, I'm not good at this now because I haven't practiced it, you know, because I haven't tried. Like you can't beat yourself up if you know. Yeah. And, and then I think it's also totally fine to be like, yeah, I haven't tried, but I've been spending my time doing other things. And like, it's okay that I'm not, doing this thing like yeah. I, I do other things I'm not a piano prodigy and that's fine and I like didn't want to spend my time practicing so then you know it's like yeah. okay that's fine like I'm an actor and that's my you know we can't yeah. we 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 have to when you say yes to one thing you say no to another thing and I said yes to acting and yeah. no to piano you know yeah exactly. and that's okay that's totally what I'm saying yeah you have to choose like and the great the best pianists that you know probably aren't great actors you know yeah like we we have limited time yeah you choose what you are gonna spend it on and then you you know well and you I value that and you value that the person who's good at the other thing spent that time that, on that thing and I think too there's like I think we could have more respect for people's hard work yeah instead of just you know I think it's great to be in awe of other people but I think it's great to be in awe of the the work ethic and the mm-hmm. hours that they've put in and the yeah. failures and not just their successes right. and be praising the dirty work aspect as yeah. well. Cause I think we just always look at the product and go totally amazing, like way to be brave and be yeah. amazing. But like the real bravery comes in the failures yeah. and allowing yourself to fail. That's what I mean with like the Adele thing. Like it's really rude of you to like, you know, just delete like yeah. all of her like traumas like yeah you know like that's not fair like she's here like if you know 
in spite of like all these things that I'm positive she's gone through. Well, and it's like she's not going to put out all of every personal bit of crap that she's dealt. It's like we see the highlight reel. And that's what you have to realize, like with social media and everything, it's you. It's really just unfair to yourself and to everyone to compare because you don't know the whole story totally which is why i like this artifice idea because it's like it's part of our job to create an illusion like yeah that i mean even if like you know some artists like are are doing art that's more like you know heightened and it's kind of like larger than life Mm -hmm. in any medium and some artists like the thing they're doing is like let's make it real and like let's get down in it either way you like no matter what the subject of the art is you as a consumer are seeing like a finished product Mm -hmm. you're seeing something that has this like veneer even if like that veneer is designed to look like really really vulnerable but yeah you're still still seeing it like it's designed for you and it i mean it's designed it's been thoughtful and that is of all you know it's just the tip of the iceberg right and there's always like there's always something about that that's artificial, even if it's very, very human, because like the human that's behind it, like if even if the only thing that's artificial about it is like you're not seeing like the context of the person who made mm-hmm. it, you're not seeing like what they were like as a kid, you're not seeing what they went through as a Every teenager, detail. you're not seeing like, you know, the the argument they had with their spouse that morning you're not seeing them like walking their dog and you know like you're seeing this one thing which like even if it's a pretty real highlight reel it's out of context it's still real yeah yeah it's still curated it's still like cultivated you know that's our that's our job so that's why like I love like just talking with artists about like what's behind your like thing like I feel like people ask us about the thing a whole lot yeah people want to talk about like what was it like making this movie what was it like and I just feel like we're having that conversation enough. Like I'm so interested in like what's the stuff like all around it and like what's your like personal kind of like, like what are the things that you're like, I am great at this and this is what I've learned mm-hmm. and this is what I love to like share. And like this is terrifying for me still every day. Yeah. It's really hard. Because um, I, I feel like so the highlight reel is fun. But like what's really helpful if you're trying to be an artist or – trying to pursue anything which everyone is in some aspect then like the steps Mm -hmm. and those I mean I my biggest thing is like I feel like I I haven't taught in a while but I used to teach acting on every now and then I'll do um and you've probably experienced this with teaching every now and then I'll do a master class and like the biggest thing that I encourage kids to do is like to be uninhibited and fail yeah. If you aren't failing, you're then you're doing stretching. it wrong. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you have to. And that was the biggest that was the biggest lesson I learned from some of the acting teachers I had that I really looked up to were the ones that encouraged me to fail and said, "You need to go 110% because you when when failure the more you allow yourself to fail, the more you allow yourself to succeed. Yeah. So if you don't ever allow yourself to fail, you're never going to grow. You're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. You're going to stay mm-hmm. stuck. And like that, like you're not going to feel fulfilled. Yeah. So with any, you know, little monologue that was for a talent show, you know, it's like give it your all and make yeah. weird choices, follow your impulses. And some of them are going to do poorly. And totally. sometimes you're going to bomb and mess up and, 
you know, or in improv, like the number one rule is like yes to everything. Yeah. And if you have yes an impulse, and. follow it. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. And some choices you're going to make, no one's going to laugh and it's yeah. going to be awkward. And it's going to be like, well, that sucked. Totally. But like now, you know, now well, you know that that wasn't. And so now you can make better ones. Totally. And when you see artists in any medium who have this like incredible breadth of work and this incredible range, you know, we're, we all are like impressed by that. But yeah. like the way that they got it is like they took their tiny comfort zone and just, just Pushed broke a it bit. a little every day. I always tell my students like, you know, they'll be like, this is so hard. This is so hard. And like, when am I going to be better at this? And I'm like, I don't even want you to realize that you're better at this because like my job as your teacher is to keep you uncomfortable all the time. Oh yeah. And then like, you shouldn't even know, like a year from now, you can look back at this piece of music that we're working on now and be like, oh my gosh, this is easy for me. But like, I'm going to keep you feeling the same amount of uncomfortable. We're just yes. going to keep like, you I put you in this uncomfortable situation and then like you do it because I'm like requiring you to. Yeah. And then like, I'm going to move that bar a little bit and you're going to stay uncomfortable until like you've been uncomfortable in this studio for three years. Mm-hmm. And then like being uncomfortable is just like comfortable. Yeah. And then you can do anything. Well, not, <laughs> and do that's everything. one of the things like I loved with theater too, is that it's like, I feel like we're kind of becoming, you know, it's like we have so many things that make it easy to be lazy and mm-hmm. it's like we have Netflix and like Uber Eats and all these things where it's like we could just stay in our house and be comfortable and like stay in pajamas which I love pajamas yeah and like sometimes we you do know, like, <laughs> you know in moderation all things obviously I will have my pajamas somewhere and stay in them all day but at the same token I think we should not be chasing comfort and I think like that's one of the beautiful things about acting is that Mm -hmm. it's like in order for me to do well like I have to fail and I have to be uncomfortable and I have to be embarrassed and Mm -hmm. otherwise you're not stretching you're not and and then I realize it's like it's hard but it's so rewarding Mm -hmm. and it makes me happy and it makes others happy and like yes comfort at the time feels good but you just stay that way Mm -hmm. you never go anywhere Mm -hmm. and I mean, really, I believe it's like either you're progressing or you're falling back. And so you can be comfortable and then be sad or you can be uncomfortable in the moment. Yeah. And have long term fulfillment. Yeah, totally. Amen. Okay, so tell me how you got into film acting. Um, That was also a thing that was weird meandering um, and com- and complicated yeah well it was just like i don't know i was doing theater and broadway and then or not broadway that was my yeah. goal so it wasn't that cool. but you were doing as a genre you yeah my genre um <laughs> uh yeah so it was kind of i did a musical and um uh one of the casting directors with like the LDS motion picture studio was like hey you should audition for this Mormon message. And I was like, okay, sure. I don't know what I'm doing, but I, yeah. you know, at kind of that point I was, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable and just like doing whatever and to try you're it. You're now what, like 17 in this story? Seven, yeah. Or let's see. Well, I think it was still in high school. Or- yeah. I, I was what? 15 maybe okay, younger. So I auditioned and I, didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I'm just going to try my best. I Googled some stuff about film. 
yeah. acting because it is different than stage. But I was like, well, I'm just going to go in and be as real as possible. And, you know, I went in like full on and just went full out, even though, you know, everyone there was way more experienced than me. And but I decided like, I mean, almost coming into film was easier than going to musical theater because for me it was like, well, it's not what I'm doing anyway. So if I don't get the part, it doesn't really matter. Like I might as well just have fun. Yeah. And that was honestly like, I, I didn't really like musical theater auditioning because I put so much stress mm-hmm. on myself of mm-hmm. I have to do really well and nail it. Yeah. And with film, because my plan wasn't to be in film, I yeah. ended up doing really well starting off. I think just because you weren't scared. I was just like, whatever, I'll just have fun with this and just kind of went in and was like, I'm a musical leader kid. And yeah. didn't, you know, just like played around, which really what acting yeah. is. Yeah. And so then I got cast in this Mormon message and it was like a short film essentially lengthwise, but I was one of the main characters <laughs> did not know what I was doing, but you know, people were really nice too. I, it was really good that I had a good first experience because yeah. otherwise it might have turned me off from film. But yeah. luckily, um, it was a good first experience with a great crew and a great cast that really helped me know what angles were in lighting and a spot. Yeah. And um, I just had a lot of fun with that. But um, so I kind of just dabbled in it a little bit, just just kind of with things there. that yeah. happened, but I wasn't seeking it out. So it was just kind of random. Yeah. But then towards the end of high school, I'd like gotten a local film. And again, with the audition process, like a huge lesson I've learned is like, just have fun. Yeah. Things go so much better when you just have fun and you go in there and like realize that it's not all about you. And it's like the, you know, the director's been sitting there all day. He's bored out of his mind or she's bored out out of her mind. Like go in there and like, entertain them and have a good time and hang out and um because I didn't think I was gonna get cast at all in this thing and you know I just had fun and the audition process was like a year long so luckily (laughs) yeah um luckily it was fun um but then from there with getting that it was like people were like oh so you're gonna be a film actor now and I was like I don't know Mm. but I thought it was really fun so I just did more of it and then I found a lot of things about film acting that I liked more um you know if I had to choose one or the other and it's kind of hard to do both so I I ended up like okay you know what like yeah you know what um I'm gonna try doing this and I can support myself doing it so I feel like it's something I feel like it's a talent that I've developed that I could hopefully bring something good to the world I mean it's, you know, acting, it's not like I'm the savior or anything. So it's not, you know, but it's like, you know, I think everyone's given talent. Art is important. Yeah. I mean, and I and think like. So share it better yeah. than it's not. And I think especially like, you know, like acting in particular, like, you know, kind of visual storytelling. I think it is like crucial to like mm-hmm. our society. We It's cathartic for us. It teaches us things. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, it probably you know, it probably depends a little on like what you're doing, you yeah. know, and and you're still kind of toward the beginning of your career. So, you know, right. I mean, yeah. just in, you're hopefully, be- I you're, mean, you're at the beginning of your life still. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. yeah. So, um, 
so there's probably like all kinds of things in your future, but, but yeah, I think like, you know, just with all of, I, okay, here's, here's what I want to say. <laughs> there's so many thoughts. This, I feel you. this thing of like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just acting. Yeah. Like that's one of those things. Like you, you kind yeah. of said it like casually, but I totally get you. Um, I think we feel like we have to say to people like, I'm just a musician. Like I'm just yeah. an actor because people don't value it. And they go, they go like, Oh, you're an actor. Like, yeah, that's one of those things that I'm talking about with like, when people kind of like perceive you in a way and like they project onto you, like that you're doing some like vanity project or, yeah. and you're like, no, but this is, this matters to me. And like, I think it matters to other people. Yeah. Um, so like all, all this to say, I don't think you need to give a caveat. Like it's just yeah. acting. Like, I think it does matter. It's important. Well, and I think too, though, I think there is a, balance because I think sometimes I was um just talking the other day like my husband was asking acting uh asking words uh (laughs) about method acting and like I you know I'm very much a person who will be on set and like wear myself out and like get covered in blood and dirt and scream and then lose my voice and you know like to the point you know committed whatever yeah but I think also too. That's that karate. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Your really, karate background. <laughs> really, just dying to do an action film, um, but really, if anyone's in casting, um, I just mean the like commitment. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, that's like that's, that's where that is. I will win. Um, but I think too. I think, and I think in general in entrepreneurial pursuits in art, um, I think a lot of people kind of get lost in the sense of just. I think their own happiness because of lack of purpose. Mm. I think it's like we find this thing that we love and we don't exactly know why, or we know caveats of it as to why, but we don't have like a big end goal in mind. And that can be different for everyone. I'm not saying there has to be like everyone's end goal has to be my end goal. And it can also change probably. And it, yeah, and mine totally has like, and you have to be flexible with that. But I think in the end, I think yes, you know, art is important, but also like, don't throw yourself away. Don't, you know, I, I was talking about method acting because I think there are some actors that take method acting and you could say their commitment quotation marks to acting to the point where they treat everyone on set like crap. Mm. And a lot of people go, oh my gosh, yes, method. That's amazing. Like yeah. you're so committed to the character that you were them all the time. Yeah. But like if you ruined every day for all of the people on set and you ruined your family life and you made your spouse feel like crap yeah. because of your commitment to a character, what what, what end goal doing? comes yeah. from that? Yeah, yeah, it's like you don't have a a a bigger end goal in mind if that's what you're doing because if Mm. a lot of actors say oh you know I want to move an audience I want to inspire them it's like you can start with the people you're working with every day you Mm. don't have to change the whole world like start with who you're around I think some people get this idea of like big picture of like I want to change the world but then like they go home and like treat their family like crap yeah and it's like yes the I believe art and stories are so important and like history are history people say history is important it's stories yeah like history is all stories and like you learn things from stories and parables and but like I think good intentions with commitment to art and the importance of art 
can go askew if you mm. don't have your ducks in order. I love the quote. My Sorry, I'm going to rant about this, but I just think it's so no, important. I, this is what we're here for. Um, so. My dad always says, he's like, don't give up what you want most for what you want in the moment. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's just one of those things that always keeps things in perspective of like, I mean, it can apply to something as simple as like, I want like to eat all, you know, all of the cookies in the world, which is a feeling I have a lot. Uh, but then it's like also <laughs> um, hospital bills are really expensive. And so yeah. I'm going to, you know, maybe not have all the cookies, but maybe I'll stick to I'll one, have, you know, I was going to say three or three. It depends <laughs> the day. If it's a Friday, we can, three or four, but, um, <laughs> but it can apply to something so simple or it can apply to something greater, like with your whole career of like, yes, I want to be committed to the art and I want to, you know, I'm passionate about this and I want to give my all, Yeah. but giving your all can look different based on what your purpose is. And I think mm -hmm. also too, that's like the key to being happy in this career because it's so easy to go like, you know, when I feel like there's kind of in any entrepreneurial thing or artistic thing, like there'll be times where you are more popular than other times mm. and you'll be working more than other times. Yeah. It's, it's a risky thing and you, you know, you never really know it's kind of feast or famine yeah. and you're going to be sad and depressed if you don't have a greater end goal in mind of like, well, you can still go, you know what, maybe I'm not doing the biggest film in the world right now, yeah. but I can be okay with that because like I made the PA happy today. Like yeah. I talked to them, you know, whatever it is, like yes. you have to, you have to start small. You have to, you know, think of the big picture, but in order to get there, you have to smart start small and you can't just like run over all yeah. that and go, well, I can treat people like crap on set. Yeah. AKA um, Suicide Squad, the Joker. Yeah. Um, in order to like, you know, because usually when that happens, it's it then becomes a vanity thing of like, I want the accolades of being a method actor as opposed to like, if I want to change people and inspire mm. people, mm -hmm. I can do that on set and yeah. when the film comes out. It doesn't have to be one sacrificing the other. Yeah. So I think, yes, I think art is super important. I mean, that's what I've dedicated my life to but I think it's got to be aligned with a goal and everyone's mm -hmm. purpose is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I which like I think is too. great. Everyone yeah. has their own thing and like it's going to change. stories are you going to tell and like which exactly. things do you have to share? And uh, yeah. everyone has their own piece. Everyone has their own voice. And like, unless we all express that, like, you know, I believe that like we, God has like created each of us individual, you know, whether or not you like believe in God, this is a personal thing for me that like he has created each of us for a reason and it's like a puzzle if one of us doesn't mm -hmm. speak our mind if one of us doesn't share our gifts like yeah. that's lost yeah, yeah that yeah. can't be replaced that's lost forever yeah and like for me that's really helped me find happiness and fulfillment in a career that oftentimes it's easy to kind of get lost mm -hmm. and to like get caught up in comparison comparison and I, yeah. yeah and I liked something you said before when you were talking about like you know the feast or famine thing which mm -hmm. yes um <laughs> I'm just thinking Real? like you know yeah I I think that is really important like if you have this kind of overall purpose then you know the pieces and the 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 kind of makeup of your everyday can change and sometimes mm -hmm. you're working on projects that you're like 
revved up about. Oh yeah. Sometimes you're like doing kind of maintenance or like sort of, you know, you're Industrial. you're 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 like rebuilding for like the next thing or you're like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm at this point where I'm realizing like I need to gain some new skills or like I need to, you know, whatever the industry changes could be anything. Yeah, adapting. But being able to kind of think like I still have this thing like I still am motivated by this purpose and like I'm gonna like you know so for me like I and maybe this is like less of a purpose and more just like the thing that I love is like Mm -hmm. being creative yeah Um, and you know I feel like a music career like it has the potential to be not that creative like you yeah you could you don't have to like creativity doesn't have to be like the biggest part of it I mean it definitely helps yeah yeah, there certainly are people who like are you know not really ever writing anything or doing anything new or you know Mm -hmm. I don't know whatever it's not important Um, (laughs) but like you know if I can say like well how can I be creative when I'm like teaching this person Mm -hmm. and like that's not like the you know capital a art that like is my original stuff that like really feels like ultimate passion yeah Yeah. but like i definitely i certainly get that same spark when i'm teaching even if i'm teaching someone who like is never going to be like you know a professional Mm -hmm. like they're just kind of like experimenting they're like you know, a 50 year old man who like has disposable income for the first time in his life. And is like, I've always wanted to sing. And like, you know, we're just singing like John Mayer songs. Like Mm -hmm. we, I can be creative about how I approach that. I can be creative about like, how am I going to like find new people to interview for this podcast? Like how, you know, and I get so like excited about like, yeah, there are all these people like, who will I meet today? Like who, you know, well, there's so, there's so like, and I think too, that's like something you've been able to, from what you're saying, experience is like, I think oftentimes we get stuck in this, this is my thing and I'm good yeah. at it. And I, we narrow ourselves down to totally. one tiny, like yeah. thing that we can do. And it's like, well, there's a lot of ways, like you said, like, I mean, there's no time wasted in sharing yeah. a talent with like giving someone else a skill. Like that's amazing. Like, yeah. Or growing your skills. Exactly. Like, yeah. I think, I think that's awesome. I think, you know, you like, bringing out other people to share their skills and like finding out new ways to find those people. Like all that is just, uh, there's so many avenues and venues that like we really can never get bored, you I know, or so. have an excuse yeah. to like, Oh, I don't have anything to do because I didn't book something. It's like, totally. Something. What are you going to do? Yeah. Get your iPhone. Like, I don't know, like make a TikTok. like anything. Like yeah. there's so much we can do that. I think it's just a matter of like, allowing ourselves to be okay if it's not the thing and then we realize oh actually I do enjoy these other things Mm -hmm. totally yes okay I mean (laughs) I think we're definitely like wrapping up here I think I just want to ask you like um maybe two questions like is there anything else that has been like kind of transformative for you like lessons that you're like ooh, there was this one time when I like really needed to learn this thing if there's not that's fine I just want to okay. ask if there is so is is there any like have there been any kind of like of those points in your career where like if you were going to write a memoir you'd be like this thing Ooh, that's a good question oh high expectations um just kidding um one point or things you're like really proud of you know just what are any like kind of highlights or lowlights that we're just like missing I mean I think one of the, like what we just talked about is kind of one of those things of like, you know, 
um, having your purpose and then following through with that of like, if you have a purpose and even if you're not working maybe in the way you'd hope, like there's a million things you can work on Mm. by yourself and to always be creating. I think if you're going to call yourself an artist, if you're not getting paid for something, like you should be creating something. I think that's one of the things I learned is like, okay, you know, even if I'm not on set today, like I can be happy and fulfilled because I'm, you know, analyzing this movie script and I'm taking notes or I'm taking a class or I'm, you know, teaching somebody else. Um, I think that's a huge thing just as far as like making this like a sus- emotionally sustainable thing. I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing with a lot mm-hmm. of my friends. It's like, I'm not working, I'm depressed. And like, for me, like I totally feel that up and down of like, you're on such a high when you're working. And yeah. then if you're not, it's like, <gasps> Oh, I can't doing? live. I'll never work again. Yeah, no I suck. Ever. That was a fluke that I ever got hired. Exactly. At all. It's like that thing of like, oh, they found out I'm actually terrible at this and no one's ever going to cast me. And it's like, that's never true. And yeah. I think if you're, if you find those things to work on, then like you can see that through experience. Uh, I think though, the recent thing, I mean, I, I feel like it's something I've known, but through experience, um, and this is partly because I listened to Jordan B. Peterson way too much, and it bugs my husband. Um, he loves Jordan B. Peterson too, but I, it's a, an obsession. Um, but something that I think is huge is if you're an artist, like specifically, we're so used to like going to school or like going to a nine to five and like your schedule set for you and mm-hmm. this is what you do. And you have to read this many pages in this book and write a page assignment. And when you get into the artist world, it's like, you kind of do whatever yeah, the heck you want. Like ownership thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, frick, yeah. <laughs> what do I do? And, um, one of the huge thing Jordan B. Peterson says is like to always have one foot grounded in stability and reality and one foot in chaos. And I think mm. being an artist, like it's kind of chaos. I mean, it's creativity, it's possibility, it's, questioning things it's you know going to the unknown but then I think a huge thing and it sounds so silly and obvious and mundane but having a schedule Mm. like I'm not just like in your mind of like oh I need to get these things like having either written on your computer this time of day I'm going to wake up at this time I'm going to go to the gym at this time I'm going to do this I have to finish this in an hour putting time limits putting scheduling things um, cause also too, a lot of artists are flaky and don't show up to things cause they don't schedule and well. cancel the night before because cause they, they are, didn't yeah. <laughs> decide to get sleep. No, they should have cause they didn't schedule. And it's like, honestly, and if you look into studies, it's crazy how much of a difference of just kicking yourself in the butt and saying, I'm going to wake up this time, writing it down, committing yourself mm-hmm. to it, making your bed, eating mm-hmm. health, like just the little things will make all the difference. But if you haven't, like, honestly, it's made such a difference in my life of like having this, even if I don't follow the schedule exactly, knowing I have that to refer to. Totally. Like my stress levels, especially if you're a perfectionist, it just like went way down. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. I feel so much better now because when you're an artist, it's like, I have all these things I could do and I need to build my social following and I need to learn horseback riding so I can be in, you know, Yellowstone TV. You know, it's like, there's all these things. So you can be in a Western action film. Exactly. But it's like, (laughs) 
once you sit down, you prioritize, you figure out what's most important, you schedule those out in a week so you know like, okay, I have this goal. I know realistically how much time it takes me to get that done. And it's not this guessing game of, oh, I kind of want to do this Mm -hmm. and this, but then it never happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're stressed because you're not getting everything done that you know you can. Yeah. Um, and so I think, and also scheduling out leisure time too. Um, there's yeah, so a balance you, so in that. Get burnout. That's something that I think a lot of artists oh, like. Yeah. They, they turn like, you know, 30 and they're like, oh, why am I so tired? Oh yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, it, it, maybe everybody it, feels like that. I, but I feel like especially artists because there are, it's not you never really stop working. There's no like yeah. you clock out. There You're never isn't that. finished. Yeah. And so I know it sounds so silly, but like, no, I think that's great advice. Well, and I, I think, also think it's, it, um, if you are a person who's really out of work and you're looking at your, you know, some, you know, Monica says to you, okay, you need to, you need to build a schedule. And yeah. you're like, but what am I going to even what do? do? I fill it with? You know what you're going to have to work on? Creativity. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm, what could That's I do? That's another way of being You're going to like think outside of the box. And then you're going to go like, you know what? I could work on this. Yeah. You know, but if you're just like, mm, I'm going to sit and watch Netflix all day. Uh, not only are you not working, you're also not being creative at all. Yeah. And like, like you said, I mean, if you're not moving forward, like you're definitely sliding back. Yeah. Um, Okay, I just have like one last like main question, which is um, what's like your biggest kind of like, what's like the thing that's like the biggest challenge like now? Like what's the thing that like in, you know, that you're like, I want to be working on this in the next, um, like a, a thing that you're like, yeah, I really like, I haven't figured out this, this thing. Um, man, I would say... Like in career, just in life in general. It could be. I, I mean, frankly, I'm more interested in life in general. But if um, if it's a career thing, that's fine too. Oh man, I was actually just thinking it on the way. Now I'm see. I am the queen of tangents. So my that's brain. okay. I'm I'm, um, I'm I'm about it. <laughs> okay, you're. I feel like artists in general are a little bit. Sporadic. Well, and I feel like tangents <laughs> with this kind of a conversation. Like, I don't know beforehand. Like what your passions are going to be True. so if i'm like you must answer my exact question no we're gonna super like... miss like your most interesting stuff so true good point good point so the tangent you know the tangent takes us where like you have thought me so. yeah yeah um i think i think um what i've been really and this is maybe more of a life thing but it can apply anywhere it's kind of this line of um, kind of going back to the vulnerability, emotions, and being honest. And where is the line between being honest with yourself with how yeah. you feel? And where is the line between, you know, being positive and, mm. you know, faking it till you make it and believing in yourself? Yeah. And where is that line of like, I, you know, if you feel a certain way or, you know, even in relationships, like, should you just say what you feel? How long should you think about it before you say it? Should yeah. you reword it or should you just say how you feel? You know, yeah. I, I think that's one of those things of like, where's the balance between, you know, being introspective and thoughtful and then when's taking it too far where it's, you know, um, no longer genuine and dishonest and, um, mm-hmm hurtful but then also there's that point of 
you know, if you're feeling sad about something or you're worried about something like, oh, you know, I'm not booking or I'm whatever or like where's the point of wallowing in it where it becomes more of a problem than it actually is Mm. because of an overindulgence. Um, I think I totally relate to what you're saying and I kind of wonder like I think maybe some of this is like some of this is like our kind of Utah culture. Yeah. Like, and I think especially for like women, there's like this thing that's like, you need to always be like bright and shiny and smiley. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I, I've actually been thinking about, maybe this isn't exactly what you're saying, but, um, I don't know. I'm like kind of at, I'm at a phase in my life where like, I'm, I'm really taking stock of like, what have I been doing? What are the things I like about what I've been doing? Like, which of the things do I want to keep doing? What things can I feel like, you know, I can like let go away. My yeah. my mom died last year, which I think oh, even I'm though sorry. we weren't, it's okay. We weren't close. I mean, um, but, uh, but even though we weren't close, like, I think that just like automatically, like, is a, it's a bit of a, like, it's something that makes you kind of go like, what am I doing? You know, like, yeah. what am I doing in my life? Um, and, and one thing that like really bothers me like you know how you have like maybe you don't you seem very wholehearted but um (laughs) oh I have my you know you have those things that like they just bother you like you just have like these buttons and like one of my like buttons is like if someone tells me that I'm negative that makes me so mad and it's something that like happens like I don't know that I'd say a lot but like it happens often enough that I'm like okay like I people just will be like "Eh, Emily she's kind of negative and I just think like you know what? No, I'm not like someone that's negative. Doesn't be a professional artist. Someone that's negative. Doesn't like move to a state where they don't know anybody for school. Someone that's negative. Doesn't start a podcast, you know, whatever. But then I, I, I've been thinking recently that like, I think one of the reasons that that happens is because like, I flirt a lot with that line that I think you're talking about of like, just being like, I feel really bad like I feel bad about this thing or like I'm struggling with this thing when I feel like there there's a cultural expectation that like you're not supposed to Mm -hmm. or you're maybe supposed to talk about like your struggles after you figured them out yeah which is why I'm asking like right now like what's 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 going on with you right now because I think a lot of people are totally comfortable talking about like the struggles they went through Mm -hmm. and not like the things that are hard today Um, so I don't, I don't know if that's like exactly related, but I do think you're right. There's like, there's a bit of a minefield around that. Well, and I think too, this got me thinking, sorry, I should probably stop talking. No, no, please talk as much as you want. That just came to mind for me. I, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. Kind of had an experience recently and kind of, I think a lot of artists do this, especially actors, this kind of, um, agreeableness and even especially women in Utah too of like everything's fine everything's good and if people are just respecting me I'm just gonna smile and go oh it's fine it's okay don't worry about it it's really it's fine it's okay like don't Mm -hmm. don't even worry about it and I've I've always kind of want to be the person that's like you know look on the bright side be positive address things but also be positive but like boundaries came to yeah bound and that's what Brene Brown like you have you know you've obviously listened to her she's great yeah but like um especially some experiences in film where it's having to learn to be disagreeable sometimes Mm -hmm. and as long as you know like and be okay with the consequences of sometimes 
when people want to disrespect you and you say no, they're not going to like it. Yeah. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, if someone uh, wants to do something or you agree to something and they're trying to push you past that, like at the end of the day, you're going to have to live with that. Yeah. Like that goes home with you. That's you and you're going to have to deal with the consequences and either you're going to do something you don't want to do and you're going to be resentful and you're going to live with that. And then you're going to have to make the whole rest of your schedule around that or shape everything around this other person who isn't respecting you. Or you can like just force yourself to say no. Yeah. And that's oh, that was like something I never really did. I was kind of always like, especially when it came to being on set and, you know, things not going right and yeah. like time wise and me having other commitments, like I'd always just kind of be like, no, it's fine. It's, it's cool. It's whatever. And of course, you know, like people make mistakes and stuff happens, but there's also people being disrespectful yeah. and, you know, when they make the same mistake over and over again, it's not really a mistake. Yeah. Um, well, especially if your like personality is kind of like, we'll solve it. We'll be fine. We'll move yeah. on. And like, that's authentic. Like I, I, I can totally see that. Like, there, you know, there is plenty of you that like sincerely is like, whatever, fine. Yeah. Let's move on. Like, let's let it go. Like it doesn't need to bug us. But then like, you know, there is a fine line where it's like, okay, but this is crossing a line for me. And like, this is going to bug me. And like the hard thing about it is like, it's hard either way. Like it's hard to say like, you know, you're really kind of disrespecting me that's going to have a consequence, but there's also like a intense consequence at being like, no, whatever. And then you go home and you're like, you know, you have all this like (laughs) terrible energy. And then Mm -hmm. that's when like, you know, maybe someone's like, wow, you're really negative. And you're like, no, I'm not. Yeah. But then it's like, (laughs) okay. And then I did that enough times to kind of have to go. I kind of got pushed to a point, which, you know, some negative experiences I had that like, I mean, in a sense, I'm like, well, sucky experiences but I'm glad it happened because it got to the point where I was like no I am not doing this anymore I uh, like especially when people try and run over you and paint it as you as the bad guy you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. and I had to kind of just put my foot down and stand up for myself and be disagreeable which it's okay to be in the right circumstances and like I realized like wow I am so much happier and less stressed because I'm not like burdening myself yeah. with these things yeah, that you're I'm not absorbing all of myself. It. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is, yeah. I think you like helped me just like have a light bulb just now, which is like, no, I'm, I'm not negative. Like the thing that I'm doing is like putting this negativity off of myself. Yeah. Which is why you think like you think it's coming from me, but really what's happening is like, it's just bouncing off of me. I'm just I'm not saying, tolerating it. Anyway. I'm not absorbing it. I'm saying exactly. like, no. <laughs> and that's, and that's like, I think, especially in Utah, I think it's great to, because people sometimes do make mistakes or, yeah. you know, things aren't running on schedule or things forget, people forget things. People aren't always on time, but you know, that it doesn't mean being disagreeable or saying no or respecting yourself is mean or that it's right. bad. Right. It's just having respect for yourself. Yeah. Which you are also important and it helps like you other like people. Maintain that creative resilience that we were talking about before. Oh, yeah. like you can't do that if you're always like absorbing like, you know, other people's kind of mistreatment or or even just like their insecurity or their kind of shortcomings. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 other people are kind of like 
you know, like even just like what you're talking about the method acting, if people are like letting, you know, if their stuff is like coming at you, like, you know, you totally well, have you to lose say like, individuality too. Yeah. Like you need to like, know this is what I'm okay with when I'm not. And yeah. you don't have to, I don't know. You don't have to, I mean, guess it's just what you're saying. I don't know yeah. what I'm talking. No, but. I mean, but I think that's pretty universal. I mean, I think that's at least universal for collaborative types of arts. You know, yeah. if, if you're working in a studio by yourself, maybe that's not something you deal with as much, but for those of us that are working with a lot of people, or maybe even if you're working alone, but like your family's not that supportive or your friends are not that supportive, mm-hmm. like, you know, that's, you, that's something you have to learn of like, yeah. when is the right time to like, yeah, let it roll off. And yeah. when is the right time to be like, yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. sorry. That's, I think that's, that's hard. That's that I, I think that's one of those lessons that we like keep learning, like keep. Oh yeah. I have not figured it out. Well, um, I just recently, like, I know <laughs> it's like, for me, it's so eye opening, even though I knew it, but yeah. through, I never practice it and never put it yeah. into experience. And I think that's something that like with people who are older than me, I've seen, like kind of as we age people get less and less tolerant of bullcrap totally well that's why I was saying like maybe I'm just like well and I feel like you know I could say too like I think there was probably a period of time like I think I personally like absorbed a lot of stuff from people a lot of like bad energy and was like "Eh, it's fine this is fine I'm fine for like a little bit too long probably because I grew up in like you know, a a mom who required me to be pretty good at that, you know, Mm -hmm. like learning how to do that. And then when I was like 26, it was like enough. And I think I probably (laughs) like, I think I probably like overcorrected slightly where like, even when people really had like not a negative intention at all, I would just be like, it doesn't matter that your intention was negative. That made me feel bad. And it was rude. Like your, your intention's fine, but like your execution blows. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I probably like had a couple of years there where I was like, so just like, overwhelmed I'm sick which of is why kind of I'm maybe saying you know like I think for you to be having this thought when you're like 22 I would say like yeah dig into that and then yeah. don't like get like <laughs> totally overwhelmed and out of control like I did yeah it's it's one of the, it like it will build up yeah. if you don't and I think just everyone kind of learns with time like after a while of you know agreeing to things or like you know, making up for other people's mistakes over a certain time, you like, you just can't carry that all. Yeah, you cannot. And it just becomes like a teapot and you're just boiling up until one day it's like, yeah. nope. Until one day you have like back pain and you're 26. You <laughs> and know, you're like, that's why. Oh this God. is why I need a chiropractor. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, the last like little question I ask everybody is just a fun one, just a yes. little freebie. What's your dream collaboration? Oh. And like, sky is the Shoot. limit. Um, I always say this. I don't, no one like knows who this is. Stanley Tucci. I love him. I he's love an Stanley actor. Tucci. Do you, oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. So he's just the raddest dude. Have you heard the, the like SNL song about, about Stanley, Stanley Tucci? Tucci? No. Okay. What? Well, that's your assignment for today. <gasps> okay. I'm going to do that like literally as soon as I get in my car. Um, cause I, he's, he's just such a great actor. He's, he can do comedy. He can do drama. He's just he this was chameleon. in the lovely bones and was so creepy. So scary. Oh my so gosh. So scary. And and that's what I'm like. I just I just have respect for him so much because he's not just like a celebrity for the you know like oh I play myself, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. But 
he really he's is like, like a true actor's character actor. actor. Yeah. And he's just like a fun person too that he's like got a lot of personality. So like, yeah, how do you do like love the Lovely Bones character and Devil Wears Prada? I mean, I guess everyone just has a little <laughs> bit of light and dark in him and he just chooses to channel them and different different things. But he's so likable. Okay, who's directing this movie that you're in with Stanley Tucci? Uh, see, well, I don't know. I mean, I want Stanley Tucci to be my dad. I don't okay. know why. I love my dad. I'm not saying I want to replace my dad. No, I, I'm just like in a movie yeah he'd be the dopest dad yeah um isn't he the dad in um easy a yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) who told you um (laughs) and the hard thing is with directing like i don't know like films can turn out a certain way but like the important thing for me with the director is how they work with the actors Mm -hmm. And it's like until you work with them, because there can be people who have seen their work that I like, but then like it's, you know, there wasn't a ton of communication between Mm. the director and the actors and he's more of a cinematography kind of guy. And so for me, like the experience itself um, is kind of. I don't know, dependent on that. And I haven't like experienced like yeah. what JJ Abrams is like. And yeah. And of course, like when so you have you an actor sitting like, down being paid to say good things. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't. Mm. Can you say like, what is the experience you'd like? Like maybe we don't know who it is, but like I want a director who, um, I like directors who used to be actors or okay. who are yeah. actors. Um, not to the point where they like try and act for you, but to the point where they understand, like, as opposed to just saying, can you make this scene more, um, cry can you just like have three more tears which is fine you know <laughs> like i can follow direction so and that's you know not an uncommon thing but when a director can really help you get from point a to b and not just tell you i want this do it but how can we get you there if yeah. you know you are trying and like i i just think it's kind of having someone who speaks your language really helps so there's mm-hmm. not this miscommunication of a director saying okay yeah. uh, be more sad and then totally get that you do I, that and then they're like no that that wasn't more sad yeah and you're like what do you want yeah it's like yeah. i don't know what you're saying i also i liked i i like to work with producers who like are singers for like That's, the same yes, exact reason same because then they're not saying something that i'm like mm, what <laughs> like, can you make the higher part sound more uh ethereally yeah and you're like that's not what do you mean that's not a thing like mix belt which one (laughs) i heard i i sometimes i do like vocal like studio coaching that's and i heard a i heard a producer say to a kid once like you need to put a little more air into that mic and i just thought like that child is gonna be so confused by that (laughs) like the child's like okay Oh yeah, no, Britney Spears now. Is that what I do? He meant like be louder, you know, but yeah. the kid is like more like just confused. And, and, and so. I think it's just a matter of like there people can be thinking the same things. It's really just a language barrier. Totally. Like it's an a vocabulary issue. Language barrier. And if you have been an actor and not just a cinematographer, not that cinematographers can't understand acting language, but I just found in my experience like those have yeah. been my favorite ones because they really like, you know, and also sometimes I've had scenes where like I'm supposed to be bawling my eyes out and someone's like sitting there right in my face, like eating popcorn, talking about like something random. And they're like, OK, action. And, and it's like, like, oh, God. your popcorn is <laughs> preventing my three tears that you asked yeah. for. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be that actor that's like I demand green gummy bears. But sometimes it's like. 
it would be a little bit easier if you weren't like munching popcorn right in my face and then expect me to like do this perfectly because it's just not in I'm, I'm just thinking of a very specific experience so it's very loud chewing right in my face and then it was like action just like sitting there three tears oh please gosh. oh my gosh uh, I can't well, deliver I, I hope that someday we'll see you in a movie with Stanley Tucci that would be just great I mean I want to see out. Stanley Tucci in all the movies same if you're Agreed. in it too though be great of them. so if he's just in all the movies then as long as I'm in a movie we're good <laughs> Goal He's just met. The best. Yeah. Um, where can we find you on the internet and what do you want people to like look for or watch? Oh, I'm glad you said that because I literally never remember to do that. Um, just my name, Monica Moore Smith on Instagram. M O O R E. Yeah, M O O R E. So Monica Moore Smith, the usual. Yes. Um, and on Facebook and on YouTube and Twitter is Monica Moore Smith. Because there weren't there enough letters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't fit it all in there, so um, it's just slightly different. But that's where you can find me. Cool. On all those places. Any like movies that you're very proud of that you want people to go and find and watch? Um, I just did one that should be coming out on DVD soon enough. Twice a Dream. We just actually um, had the I was filming, so I couldn't go premiere in LA, um, and then we had it in. Uh, theaters in Utah. I mean, that runs over. It was over the summer. Okay. Um, and it's twice a dream. Twice the dream. Twice the dream. It's about two sisters and kind of them pursuing their Nashville music career in the Sweet. midst of a family tragedy. Um, so it's got a little heart, funny too, and music. Um, so it's got a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, but I especially love like the sister camaraderie yeah. aspect. Um, so that should be coming out on DVD soon enough. Hopefully this Christmas is where we're going, which I guess cool. is kind of far. Um, and then I just well, did this a movie. probably won't come out until like November. So, oh, okay. Well, perfect. October, so I think then you're, next you're month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then pitching love, catching faith. We just wrapped filming and I think that's scheduled to come out. Sorry. What theaters. was it called? Oh, actually I think they changed the name right now. It's called pitching love, catching faith, but it might be romance in the outfield. Okay. So cool. It's, it's a, on my Facebook a, though. So go follow it's a me. It's baseball rom com. Yeah, coming out Valentine's Day. Sweet. So twenty twenty. Oh my yeah, gosh! Thank so you so much away. for coming and talking Thanks with me. This was such a delight. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website emvocals.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.